Hi, I'm Matthew, and my Bible reading this morning is from Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as shepherds separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father, inherit this kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the part that I really liked was the line where it says, give us this day our daily bread, because we know that God will always provide for us and he's always going to give us our daily bread, whether that be food or clothes or emotional support, he'll always provide for us. Um, I've always liked the line, give us this day our daily bread. Um, it feels like a constant reminder to invite God into your life and to allow him to take control um, and to trust him with every little part of my life. Hey there, uh, welcome back guys. It's so good to see you again this morning. Thank you for joining us. If you uh, were having trouble earlier, we had to jump off and jump back on. Um, and so thank you for rejoining us if you did. I'm sitting today um, on my back patio with Deepika Devadar. Uh, Deepika has been a friend of ours and a friend of the churches since basically almost the beginning. You yeah. and your family came when we were at Louise Archer yes. still, isn't that 2012. right? 2012. And so it was shortly after we had started in November of 2011, um, you and Jonathan and the kids and have been such a great uh, part of our church community and family. And I've been grateful for knowing you and everyone in your family, actually. Deepika also recently uh, became a co-leader of, uh, team leader of our global missions team. Uh, Deepika and Joanne Allen Kitchen are facilitating leading our global missions team. But I've been asked Deepika today specifically to sit down with me to have a conversation about give us this day our daily bread. Um, and we're gonna talk about that, both how it affects us personally, maybe how it causes us to reflect on who God is, and then how it pushes us outward. And ultimately, we're going to talk about this new opportunity in Nepal as mm -hmm. well. So Deepika, thank you for being here this morning with thank me. Thank you, Johnny. Um, when we look at the prayers, the, the Lord's Prayer, which we've been looking at, and we get to that phrase, give us this day our daily bread. Um, I'm interested in starting just on the very most basic level. When you get to that part of the prayer, how does it affect you personally? If you're praying it on a Sunday morning and we're praying it like we do most every week or in your daily life or thinking about it, when you get to that phrase, what 
what do you think about personally? Well, if I'm honest, it's the, oh, this gets to me bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but because I've been reflecting on it this whole week, I've yep. been thinking of what it first meant to the people who heard it, you know, and hmm. that it was, um, they instantly probably thought of God giving them manna in the desert. Uh-huh. And yep. so it reminded them and it reminded me that it's God who is our provider mm. and it's God who provides exactly what we need. Yeah. So I think that when I have prayed this all along, I feel like, okay, this is the time when I get to tell God, this is what I need. Right. And it's so much more than bread. <laughs> it's so much oh, well, And I think that's what it is, is like, right. I pray this prayer um, and it is, when I, often when I think of prayer, it's what do I need to t tell God I need, right? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, but for me, because I've grown up never actually needing actual bread in a, in a way that I know a lot of the world does, I think about it more in terms of what am I anxious about? What am I worried about? So mm -hmm. I, I, this is the time when I pray, here's what I need, God. And oftentimes I skip over the other parts. I skip yeah. over praising God or thanking him or confessing just to get to what do I actually need. Yeah. Um, and I think I skip over the daily part. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. you know, and um, with the whole pandemic, for example, right. like my, I made my shopping list and it was for weeks out. <laughs> it was not for any daily need. It you were was, just depending on God for like the daily food. Yeah, it like, was to yeah. give me what I need for the next three months. Like I, I bought frozen vegetables, which I'd never bought before, you know. Uh -huh. But my whole focus was really not on daily needs, but on, you know, me and my family will need this. And I think right, I, I remember that um, the the first couple of weeks when things started uh, disappearing from the grocery store, that I bought a lot of dried beans right. and frozen vegetables, thinking, okay, this can last us for two months. Yeah. it wasn't daily food. I wasn't just shopping for that day. I was trying to shop for several months. Right. if all the food in the world dried up, right. Um, that's an interesting thing because I think we can all relate to that on on some level. But that idea of praying this prayer, um, one of the challenges I found was last week um, I was sitting with Holly uh, Barry talking about thy will be done. And before that with Blair Burns about thy kingdom come and how that precedes in the Lord's Prayer. It comes before give mm -hmm. us this day our daily bread. And I find myself wrestling with here's what I want, here's what I need. But is it more what I want or is it what God says I need? Right. You know, the, the prayer is give us this day our daily bread, but preceded by thy will and thy kingdom. It's God, what do I need? Not just what do I want, but I, I find I'm really and truly regularly praying for the things I'm anxious about or that I want to go yeah. right. It's what I need and it's the way I, I want it to go. Yeah. Um, and I think with the whole thy will be done leading into give us this day our daily bread, we should really be thinking of well, when I get this daily bread, is it for me alone? Or yeah. what do you want me to do with this today, Lord? Yeah. You know, sometimes it may just be that I have to give it out to others. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, um, you know, coming from India, I, I have never ex personally experienced food insecurity, but mm -hmm. I've been around a lot of people who have. And I remember tutoring um, our domestic helper's son, and his textbook said, in the morning we eat breakfast, and in the afternoon we eat lunch, and in the evening we eat dinner. So I said, so what do you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And it turned out that he basically ate only dinner. Mm -hmm. they, there was no concept of starting the day with a hearty breakfast. There was mm -hmm. no lunch, unless he got free mm -hmm. lunch at school. Right. So I feel like you know we, we have these constant reminders that 
food is not a, is not a given for so mm. many people. And therefore, when we have a lot of it, what are we supposed to be doing with it? Interesting. That's good. There's a um, what we're going to talk about is to frame it as an inward aspect. Um, there's an inward aspect to the Lord's Prayer that causes us to reflect personally. It's God saying through Jesus, Jesus saying to us, this is how you talk to God, your father. Um, and it's part of our personal devotional life, whether it's praying the Lord's Prayer as it is, the traditional wording, a more updated wording, or using it as a framework. It's a way of uh, cultivating our relationship with God in this inward personal sense. And I, I love that in the prayer, it is Jesus telling us God cares about your daily bread. Mm -hmm. And so there are things that, that, you know, that wake us up in the middle of the night. God cares about that. Whatever it is, the smallest thing, bring it to God. And I think I see that in this is this, um, Jesus saying that relationship with the father, our father is one that it is about big things, but it's also about the very daily things, um, for you, for me. And I I don't know, I, I think that's one of the, the encouraging things about yeah. uh, a prayer like this or this part of the Lord's yeah. Prayer. And I mean, Jesus is always practical, right? You know, mm-hmm. when, when people were listening to him and he realized they were hungry, he fed them. Right. <laughs> you know, as simple as that. I mean, I don't think it's, um, you know, we shouldn't feel guilty about caring for our yep. daily needs because God does care very deeply about fulfilling our daily needs. And it really is the bring it before God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love, too, how whenever Jesus is teaching, or at least this is something I I feel like I've learned both in my personal life, but also studying God's Word, studying the Bible, is that we often read things on a very personal level at first, right? That inward. But he's also always pointing us upward. And that's the second term we're going to use here just to frame some of our conversation. He's giving us something more that's going on Mm -hmm. in these these. Uh, in his teaching and in the Lord's Prayer, there's something else, another layer going on. So it's not just about me and my personal needs, but he's also revealing who God is and who we are meant to be in relation to God. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that that when he talks about give and daily or uh, give us this day our daily bread. So just look at that those words, give and this day daily. So give day daily is what you talked about is like in that pandemic time, we were shopping for like the next two months, right? Right. But there's a I sense think I in which... I three, but never Three mind. months, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a sense in which um, that when we think of God as the giver of even our daily bread, that we live in dependence on him. It's yeah. cultivating a dependence each and every day. And I know for me, I don't often think about that with relation to my bread because I've never ha- lacked resources to be able to provide for my bread Mm -hmm. and yet i didn't choose to be born to the parents i was in the century that i was born in in the country that i was born in if i had been born a thousand years ago in another place would i have been as cavalier about my daily bread no i'm dependent on god for everything and including being born here so there's a way in which jesus is saying cultivate a thankfulness and dependence on God constantly mm-hmm. look to him in that daily sense and I think you were talking about that in relation like to the manna we when we had this conversation earlier yeah I mean I was just thinking I think you know I, I remember growing up um, in a, at a time when we didn't actually have grocery stores that stocked everything I know this <laughs> sounds like I'm ancient and I'm not <laughs> but 
<laughs> but we actually had people who brought everything to our door daily, like mm-hmm. you know, fresh vegetables, fresh fish. We just stepped outside and bought what we needed for the day. But I think sometimes when we're, you know, when everything is so well stocked, mm-hmm. you can think that this is my doing. I earned mm-hmm. the money to go to this amazing shop to buy everything I need. And forget that it really is God who provides everything, you know. And I, I love those lines um, that we say in the Anglican prayer book. You know, um, everything we have is thine, and of thine own do we give oh back yeah. to thee. I yeah. think that that constantly reminds me of how much I am. That God is my provider. It's not me. It's Him. Of course, He facilitates a way for me to provide for my family, right. you know, through work. But He is the ultimate source. And I and I think that's hard, especially. Um, for Americans because we're so independent and we're so success and achievement driven that we look at the house we live in, the career we have, our bank account, and think of it as things that we have done, which in a sense we have, and yet my health, the fact that I lived beyond age 5 or 12 or 20, um, being born here, having the opportunities I did are all things outside of my control. and so to live with that constant dependence, that that sense of thank you, God, for giving me my bread this day. Thank you, God, for a house. Thank right. you. Like that, there, there's a sense of relationship to God and recognizing we are dependent on him in a daily, but also he is the giver of all things. Yes. Um, that is pushing me upward in that yeah. prayer, I think. Uh, a second one I want to hit on is the way that it's the word bread that's used. So... The, most of the world has seen that word bread as a, as a synonym for life, and the Hebrew concept of it very much had that. that. That Hebrew word for bread is very equivalent, very similar to biological life. So it's the thing your life depends upon. And every culture might have something different that equates to bread. It might be rice mm-hmm. or potatoes or just flour or corn, depending on uh, where somebody lives. But... Uh, much of the ancient world, and especially in Jesus' day, would have seen bread as um, as synonymous or a, as a way to um, as a metaphor for their life itself. And so, um, there's a sense in which it's it's a it's equivalent to to your breath, right? Like your heartbeat yeah, or something. It's essential, right? It's essential. And so, um, Jesus is pointing us to our dependence again on the very basic needs which god cares about like your bread but also he cares about your life he cares about your very being um and 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 yet even in that bread there's also the way that jesus uses bread both in some of the things he does some of his miracles but he talks about bread too um in a way that's pointing beyond beyond um beyond just eating something or the sort of needs we have um, on a regular basis. I know, because, you know, straight after he does that miracle of the loaves and the fish, he's, um, you know, the people come back to him and he says, you you know, maybe you've come back to me because you think I can give you food. But he then says his first I am statement, which is I am the bread of life. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am essential to your life. And I think that's, um, that would have been revolutionary for the people who heard it, and it's certainly revolutionary to most of us that, you know, without Jesus, we really can't get by. We really can't. He's, he's essential. Like, like the psalmist says, apart from you, I have no good thing. Yeah. And I think that's, 
um, that is something that he was also pointing to. Like he, he took what was familiar to them, you know, being daily bread and provision of manna, and then took it one step further and said, right. and now you absolutely need me. Well, because they were, they were comfortable just keeping it short. Like, oh my goodness, like in the wilderness, God provided daily for Israel wandering in the wilderness with manna, a bread-like substance every right. single day, this dependence. Jesus comes and feeds the 5,000 in the wilderness, and they're like, oh, awesome. Yeah. You know, Moses is here again. We're going to get daily bread provided. We don't have to work anymore. We just need to follow Jesus, and we'll get some bread. Right. And Jesus stops them and is like, yes, but actually there's something more going on here. Right. Um, yeah. And I want you to see, I want you to think even higher. Yeah. What I'm showing you is I am the source yeah. of what you need. I am what you need more than even eating bread, which yeah. is not, you know, the easiest thing to say, but he's pointing to himself as the source of life itself, I yeah. guess. Um, and actually, um, I mean, of course, we're going to tell the church about this later. But, you know, earlier this week, we had a conversation with uh, Pastor Rinzi in Nepal. And he was telling us how when he decided to follow Christ, his family wanted nothing more to do with him. Um, and, you know, and uh, in both our families, um, Jonathan's family and my family, we've had ancestors who had the same experience. You know, like I know when I told my parents, um, you know, I've decided to absolutely follow Jesus from now on. And they were like, well, well, duh, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the 1990s equivalent of duh was. Because you'd grown up in a Christian home. Right. It was not surprising to them. Right. But we, you know, we had ancestors who were told, OK, in that case, please leave and we never want to see you again. They were disowned by they their were family disowned because of Christ. Because they decided that Jesus was essential to them. More essential than More essential than their inheritance, more in, wow. more essential than, you know, than the food on their table. Right. They just basically left with the clothes on their backs and took it from there with Jesus. They had to make a choice then, what you're saying is like, they had to make a choice between <laughs> daily bread, literally, yeah. and the and bread, the of, bread life. of life. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that's a costly choice that they had to make, that they saw in Jesus that that upward pull of there's something greater than even my physical well-being, right. which is not, I definitely care my about my physical and emotional well-being often more than my spiritual or eternal, but they right. were pointing to that. Yeah. And, and saw in Jesus, they believed Jesus to be the source of that. I think that's one of the things we see Jesus again and again pointing to himself as the source of hope and life. And, um, you know, he he breaks bread saying, this is my body broken for you. Eat of me mm -hmm. and you will have life. And and in the, on the road to Emmaus, the disciples don't even know it's him until he breaks bread with them. There's something in that that Jesus is calling us to see in him. And maybe even in when we're eating a regular meal, whether it's having communion in somebody's backyard or or eating a, a hamburger or, or pizza to say in this bread it's pointing me to this true source of life and that yeah. is Jesus and there's a, a reflective joyfulness that can happen in the midst of that as well as that God uses the sacraments as a way of, of revealing himself yeah. and and kind of spreading his grace Jesus regularly talks about things like bread and knees and I think besides the, the inward aspect of the prayer and the upward pull of seeing God for who he is and seeing in Jesus the true source of what we need. He also pushes us outward. Um, and I think of that when we get to that part of the, the this part of the prayer that says our bread, give us mm -hmm. our bread. And generally my prayers are about me and my bread. 
yes. and me and my needs. But he says, no, no, this is our daily yeah. bread. Give us together our. So it actually does occasionally cause me to think outside of myself that Jesus is saying, you may actually have bread on your table. You may have, you know, Taco Tuesday at your house, but other people don't have breakfast and lunch mm -hmm. today and are maybe just going to get by with a small dinner. Mm -hmm. um, and to be cognizant of the needs of others, to look outside of ourselves. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a calling outward in this Our Daily Bread um, to, to care about the hungry and the poor. And the, the reading that we had read earlier um, was such a, a good reading of Jesus talking about when he call when when the Lord comes again the the day of judgment is on the basis of what did you do for the least of these right. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink um, I I was a stranger basically didn't have a home a, a covering you welcomed me I wasn't from your land I was a foreigner and you welcomed me and I was naked and you clothed me in prison and you visited me and Jesus is pushing us outward even in this prayer mm -hmm. because we're to pray not just for my bread but for my brothers and sisters. Right. And I think um, that's something that struck me also ever since we started this whole sermon series, Johnny, the whole Our Father aspect mm -hmm. of it and how Jesus is never talking about an individual right. but he's clearly grouping us together you know, and making sure that we remember we're, doing, we're in this together. We're a community you know, he, um, he's fellowshipping with us and we're fellowshipping with one another. Yeah. And when, and so, can I talk a little bit about Nepal? I think we should go to uh, Nepal, Nepal now because okay. that was actually the way we wanted to yeah. to help give people a way to think about providing bread yes. um, for others. And one mm -hmm. of those opportunities is in uh, Nepal yeah. where we're looking to partner. So Deepika, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So... Um, Johnny, I think you visited Nepal in 2017, That's right. right? And then uh, along with David. And ever since then, Nepal has sort of been on our hearts and on our minds. But for some reason or the other, the door just would open a little bit, but not open fully. Mm -hmm. um, and then recently we thought, well, wouldn't it be great? Because we'd heard so much about how the gospel is spreading through the country and um, the church is growing so fast. And we thought, wouldn't it be exciting if we could partner with a church in Nepal? Mm -hmm. So we, uh, the Global Missions team, called uh, Bishop Louis, uh, Louis Lu in Singapore, who right. is the bishop of um, of Nepal. Right. But it was just after the pandemic had hit. So he started telling us about how people were starving and, you know, the economic hardship that the country was going through. Um, and, and actually he didn't start out with that. He made a lot of like conversation based on the questions we asked. And then we just said, and how has the pandemic affected Nepal? And then it became so clear to us that our immediate response should be to help them with food. Now, it turns out that Pastor Rinzi and um, all the other Anglican churches and other churches in Nepal, too, had immediately organized a food relief initiative. And they had decided that they were going to feed a thousand families immediately. So when I say a thousand families, it's not like these are all families living close together. They are families in the city. They're families living up in the mountains. Um, Pastor Rinzi, as you know, has planted over a hundred churches. So he has kind of like a huge family to feed. Mm -hmm. um, but we immediately thought we should, we should help 
raise money to help with this food initiative. Right. When we looked at Nepal originally, we thought we as a church wanted to have some partnerships globally, like we yeah. have with Chile, but to develop it in another uh, location as well. And what we, why Nepal was a draw originally was because it was one of the most unreached people right. groups and nations in the world. Um, it did have some opening. The gospel was spreading, and the Anglican church was growing there. And so we thought about theological tr education. We've thought about uh, partnering with another church, things that are still on the table, especially partnering right. with another church. Yeah. But the immediate need was bread, yes. literal bread. Uh, we want to see the gospel go out, but we need to provide the bread for people. Yeah. Um, and we see them as our neighbors, which is maybe a transition to be able to show this short video uh, before we come back and close with a song, thinking about um, bread for our neighbors. This is our new opportunity. Our new opportunity is to uh, step into a need for bread with some brothers and sisters that are on the farthest side of the globe. Uh, in Nepal, an unreached people group, but also a nation that is closed off by land um, that is struggling economically right now um, and always has. It's outside of the top 100. Um, it's one of the most poor uh, countries in the world and right now they've been hit particularly hard. And so we wanna step in to care for those in need, but also to do so through our brothers and sisters in Christ, through the church in Nepal. And how, how exactly are we gonna do that? What is our hope for the Christ Church Vienna and anybody watching today? Right, so what we're hoping is that over the next two months, our church will give generously towards this cause. Uh, we have a giving button on the church website, mm -hmm. um, and it really costs $20 to feed a family for a whole month. So you could probably choose to support as many families as you want over the next couple of months. Um, but we also have a document going out that you'll probably get in your email next week, which also has a lot of um, interesting ways in which you can do fundraising. Um, you could do this as neighborhood groups, as small groups. Um, kids, there's a special video just for you put together by Mrs. Mason, so do watch it. But we are just hoping that God will really move us to be generous and to give towards this so that we can help our brothers and sisters in Nepal just not starve and have their daily bread. We cannot, we're not going to be going to Nepal physically, but we're going to be going there with our generosity yes. 
um, in providing care for them. You know, I was so excited and so amazed by your generosity in April, May, June, July, and August as we, through the Cross-Cultural Initiative, cared for food-insecure families uh, through the local elementary and middle and high school. And you guys were incredibly generous. Over $50,000 was raised as we gave out and have continued you know, to support those communities. And our goal was to get through August, which we did until the schools started up again. But now, October, November, we're looking abroad. So we care, we've provided bread, if you would, for our uh, physical neighbors. And now we're caring for our global neighbors, recognizing that this is one world and God calls us to be uh, the church at not just here in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. people would, but to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, and so people can give uh, by going on our, our website, uh, ChristChurchVienna.com. Click the Give button. And when you give online, one of the drop downs is ARDF Nepal. Anglican Relief and Development Fund is the uh, partner mission organization that we've partnered with for years through whom we're going to be able to get the resources to the Anglican Church in Nepal so that they can provide uh, the food sustenance for people in most need. Yes. Um, and it's great. There's something uh, for kids that will be yes. coming out so that they can be engaged in it. Um, this is our missional push this fall. Um, that we're not looking to do the Operation uh, Christmas Child Shoeboxes. We want you to engage this. Find a way to engage this with your family and to engage this yourself and to be part of thinking about the daily bread I need as our daily bread and mm -hmm. those who are in need of, of that bread. Right. Um, Deepika, can I ask you to do something that I didn't ask you to do in advance? Would you pray for us, but specifically for whatever we raise and for the people in Nepal? And sure. then we'll uh, close with a final song. Sure. Would you pray? Sure. Father, we just thank and praise you for this morning, Lord. And we thank and praise you that you are our provider. You are the source of everything that is good in our lives, Lord. And apart from you, we have no good thing, Father. Lord, I just pray that um, we will just love you with a radical love, Lord, truly seeking your will, truly seeking to see your kingdom here on earth, in our lives and in the lives around us, Father. And Lord, I just pray that we will be mindful, Lord, of um, the goodness with which you have blessed us, Lord, and that we will want to share this goodness with others, Lord. Father, I pray very specially for our Nepal initiative, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you will move our hearts and minds to bless our brothers and sisters in Nepal. And most of all, Father, that this will be a long-term relationship um, with blessings flowing both ways, Father God. We are amazed, Father, by how much they trust you, how much they know that you provide for them daily. And I pray, Father, that you will just bless us with this opportunity to be your hands and feet in this situation. I pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deepika, for being Thank with you, us.